Welcome back to Atrium Talks. Hi, Deepa. Hi, Bhagwan. Last time, we ended by saying that innovation is not a sprint. It's a relay race. Right. Well, let's say more about it. I think there are two observations that I can offer in support, right? One at the organizational level and the other at a country level. Right? So if you look at R&D expenses, is it an expense or is it an investment? Mm -hmm. It's, it's often uh, said, and it's demonstrated in research, several papers in, in, in your area, in, in finance, oh, yes, yeah. you know, which says that there are long-term abnormal returns to R&D, which means that in some sense, markets are myopic about their benefits and also saying that the benefits are realized over the long run. Right. Right. These are not benefits you see in the short run. And therefore, if you treat it as an expense, you're being myopic. Right. right. You can also extend that observation to countries, Bhagwan. Right. So there are papers that look at countries that are at the frontier of technology innovation and have been there for a long time. And what comes out is, you know, the kinds of investments that countries make mm -hmm. in creating national innovation ecosystems. Right. And a lot of these, for instance, public funding of R&D, creating an ecosystem for collaboration between different institutions. All of these are the kinds of investments that you don't see immediate returns to. Right. And therefore, uh, you know, the observation that it's a relay and not a sprint. Right. So there are two things in which it's a relay race. One is that innovation may take a long time before it bears its fruits. Correct. So even in terms of the product itself, it may have to pass through several sprinters. One researcher passes on the baton to the next one, who takes it to the next level and who takes it to the next level. That's one point. And the second point is even the funding, right? Hmm. If I have a very short term horizon, I would not to want to fund something that has a long term outcome. So that also requires several stages of funding. And you mentioned the beginning of it. Can Which come. leads to the question of who should fund it, right? That's right. For instance, if it's largely private funding or, you know, the private sector funding it, it obviously has clear downsides, right? Because you're going to seek innovations that are high impact, low uh, risk and high impact defined as the ability to get private rents private. from that and innovation. And we'll talk about it next time that, you know, most of these innovations in the short term actually don't give Correct. any returns at all. Correct. Correct. So how do you actually fund it? So public in the funding. beginning, you may need some kind of public funding. I don't yeah. even know about the beginning. You know, I just think public funding for R&D is a commitment that many countries, uh, but countries ought to make, right? Large market making innovations are an outcome of public funding. If you look at what's the, you know, why countries are hesitant, I guess there are two things, right? One is that does this actually translate into commercial applications that create value, economic value is, you know, one question. But, you know, if you transfer this responsibility to private agencies, then they are not going to create innovations that benefit society and other organizations at large very easily. Therefore, public funding for R&D has a clear role to play. And there's evidence for this, Bhagwan, right? So India's R&D as a percent of GDP has stagnated at 0.7% for, 
for yeah, many, many years. Yeah. The needle's not moved on it at all. And if you look at, this is correlation, of course, but if you look at our science and technology patents, you know, 70% of all patents and nearly 90% of science and tech patents are assigned to foreign entities in mm -hmm. this country. Mm -hmm. There is very little indigenous patenting. That's right. Yeah. Right. But if you look at China, which is now about whatever, 2% plus of GDP, the US, which is 3% plus of GDP. So, you know, this increase in public spending on R&D is correlated with significant indigenous innovation. Right. And then the private sector can come in. Correct. So in the relay, once you've done the initial part, then the Correct. private sector come in. Even though even there, there are stages, right? So you give seed funding and then it goes to Series A and Series B. So in many sense, it is really a relay race. Yes, and I also want to dispel the myth that, you know, this does not have ultimate commercial value. So there was this one study which looked at, you know, who cites patents that were, you know, funded by the NIH, the National Institute of Health, one of the largest, mm -hmm. um, you know, public funding agencies for R&D in the US. Only 10% of those patents were cited, you know, by... I mean, patents that, you know, were a direct result of that funds. But 30% of those citations came from commercial patents. Right. right. So, so there is. Large, it's, it's market creation in what, like yeah. what you said. The internet comes from there. But then you have several business models and it spawns innovations. And, you know, it's a general purpose technology. Right. So what else can governments do besides funding to make this process of innovation work? I think you need to create a strong tertiary education base, which is your enhancing or amplifying the abilities to, you know, create returns to public funding, right? That's one. So you need to have create enough talent. You'd create enough talent. Yeah. The second is also incentivize scientists to be able to realize returns, create policies that allow them to realize returns from federal funded R&D. Okay. So entrepreneurship plays a big role. Entrepreneurship and, plays uh, a role. You know, we are doing this at iVenture at ISB, uh, taking many ideas and seeing if there is a commercial use of it. Correct. Uh, Correct. Encouraging that. Correct. I think we really need an examination of that policy. There is, there are policies, for instance, that penalize non-patenting in universities, right? So then you're just going to create a large number of high quality, low quality patents. Right. Uh, therefore, policies that increase the talent base, policies that allow uh, scientists to exploit or, you know, acquire rents from the patents that they create using federally funded R&D, both become very important. Right. And how about ease of creating a business? Startups? That's, yes. Ecosystem. You tell me. I mean, you know, you've worked with the entrepreneurial ecosystem for so long. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the constraints there which governments can ease in with respect to creating a robust ecosystem right. that takes these ideas and translates them into business models. Right. So the startup ecosystem, people have often complained that there are too many rules. There is, you know, too many rules and too much criminalization of many non-compliance uh, non rules. And uh, you mentioned that the recent budget, in fact, made a dent in that. Is that Correct. right? The recent budget has decriminalized uh, yeah, several uh, non-compliance uh, provisions and has also taken away many compliance requirements right, of right. Uh, businesses. And it is important to mention, in fact, that it's not just ease of doing business. 
it's also of ease of not doing business because we know mm. many <laughs> of these things are going to fail Correct. and you have to allow people to fail. Correct. Many entrepreneurs tell me that, hey, setting up the business was easy, but try closing it down and it's not so easy to close it down. That has to change. You have to make it easy to succeed and fail. And fail. The labor market laws need to change. So allow firms to close down if it's not working. Correct. Correct. Which I think is the final point, Bhagwan, that countries can do, right? Which is, what are the elements of the innovation climate in which companies operate? And these include things like product market competition. These include labor market flexibility. These include amplifying management talent. All of these are shown to increase the payoffs from R&D, right? And therefore, the ability of, an, of, of, an, of a country, I'm sorry, to do all of this, to promote that innovation climate becomes very important. And you, we've also spoken about uh, creating a climate where it's easy to collaborate, where it's easy, easy to, to speak, where it's easy to exchange ideas. And that, again, is an important part of the innovation climate. And that's what we're doing at Atrium Talks, aren't we? Yes, we are. Okay. So we have examples like DARPA in the US and we have examples from Israel in the defense system coming up with many innovations. What, what are the examples in India? Oh, there are many. Well, the recent fight against the COVID virus yes. uh, is, is a great example of how companies worked, Indian companies worked with publicly funded institutions to drive development of vaccines. Mm -hmm. uh, there is the Green Revolution in the 60s, right, yeah. which was which is an example of, again, publicly funded R&D outcomes. The whole CSIR laboratories, right, when the patent laws, product patent laws changed, these laboratories worked very hard to give us the modern generic drug ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. So these are all examples of publicly funded R&D delivering incredible outcomes, Bhagwan. So to invert the JFK quote, I'm going to say, we have talked about not what you can do for innovation, but what the country can do for you. Yes, yes, okay. yes, so absolutely. So what can the country do? The country plays a very critical role in today's landscape. In, in some sense, the government initiatives drive collaboration between different institutions in the country, both private sector and public sector. They overcome network failures and market failures, and uh, they also provide critical funding for market-making breakthrough innovations. Okay. And what about corporations? We're going to save that for the next episode where we will talk about what holds organizations back and what can they do to overcome these constraints to drive breakthrough innovations. If they can. If they can. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Deepa. Thank you.